0: and it awakens you, and it stirs you into a new action of living the light, living the sound, living the divine that you are. And that light calls you ever upward to itself. Have you ever noticed that there are people in the world that just have to be in the sunshine? They have to be outside when the sun's out. I noticed that recently when we were in England. Whenever the sun comes out, people just flock to the parks. It can still be 50 degrees out, but they're out in the sun and they're trying to get as much of it as they can because there's something about our own physical human nature that needs the light, that craves the light, that wants the light. It loves it. It wants it. And so it is with the divine in us. The divine in us is longing for God's loving and that loving is a radiant light and a sound a radiance that fills us that calls us that enlivens us that warms us that fills us and so just as we in the physical body run out to get the light of the sun, to feel its warmth upon it. So it is within our own divine nature. We crave that inner light. And that is the essence of God's loving that is calling us to wake up, to wake up from this darkness, this darkness of this creation, and to truly see the light of truth, the light of loving. And to realize that that light that we are seeing is our own divine nature. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the moment of creation, God spoke and there was light. And that first word that was spoken and that first light that came forward is the divine essence of soul. That's us. We are the light of God's creation. And if all the souls, if every soul that is in this physical creation today all of a sudden left this physical, material, psychic world and withdrew itself back into the realms of soul and spirit, this creation would come to an end. This creation would go into great darkness because we are the light in this creation. We were drawn down here through a process of reflection. And it is our light that we saw reflected in this darkness that drew us down here we followed our own light as it was reflected back to us and if we drew all of the souls back up right now we would find that this universe, this creation this physical, astral, causal, mental, etheric creation would be once again totally dark and nothing would exist here because We are the creation, and we are the creator of this creation. Does that make sense? The Lord of this creation did not have the power to create, but the Lord of this creation had the power to create through reflection, to draw all souls down here through this action of reflection. But he couldn't create a true manifestation of life. But he could draw down those souls who understood the power of creation through his action of reflection of our own light and bring about what we see today. You know, it's interesting to watch people And I've done this in New York. I've done this in several places. But there's one place in New York I really like to go when I I used to. I haven't done this in a long time. And it was at a particular department store where they had this wall of mirrors on this one wall. And as people would walk by it, they would look. And then they'd look again. And then they'd kind of keep looking at themselves. And sometimes they would run into other people. They would run into things because they were just so focused on themselves. And then other people, they'd look and they'd look away and they'd never look back. But it was very interesting how people reacted to this reflection of themselves and what they did with that reflection. And some would stop and begin to fix their makeup or fix their hair or whatever. And I remember sitting there on a step Uh, at this entranceway, just watching these people go by. And I'd sit there until one of the guards would come by and said, Sir, you're blocking the entrance. Please get up. But I, I just loved to sit there and watch this. And it reminded me so much of what it looked like when souls were looking at this world of reflection, at this creation of reflection. And if they as they would move through all that which we might call Eden and looking at all the different trees that we could partake of. And then they would come and look at this tree of life, this aspect of God that was manifesting itself, and they would see, oh, this is the realm of reflection. And some souls would look at it and go, oh, okay, well, that's nice, and then they'd go on. Others would look at it and they would see their own light, reflected back to them and would go, oh, what is that? Well, now, how, what is that? How did that get down there? That looks like me. That's that's my light. And down they would go into their own light, trying to find it, trying to capture it, trying to see, well, how did I get down there? Where, where's my light taking me? And they would just follow the reflection of their own light into this creation until they got lost here. They got caught here. But others they would look at it and they would move on by. Because that isn't where they needed to go. That wasn't attracting them here. But all of us, when we saw that reflection, and we saw our light reflected deep down into the darkness, we looked and went, oh, that looks interesting. Now, where, where how did I get my light down there? Where is that? Never been down there before. And down we came. And so now... What we are doing is breaking free of this creation of reflection. We stop looking down and out for answer, for solution, for understanding, for direction of how to complete this journey, how to get home to God. And we look inside to the true light, not to the reflection of our light, but to our own true light to find that pathway home. That's the key to find that inner light and to hear the inner sound. That's the path home to God. And it's found by closing our eyes and going inside and chanting the name of God. Now, why do we chant the name of God? Why do we chant this over and over and over and over? And these words make no sense. I have no idea what they mean. Where did they come up with these words? because we we chant them because they give us a place of focus they give us a place to hold our attention but they also carry a frequency in them a sound frequency that begins to carry us in that frequency to a higher place than this creation for the frequency that is in those names are a frequency higher than this creation. They take us above the mind, above the unconscious, and into the realm of soul. So it's important to realize that yes, maybe you have a challenge with the names. Maybe you have a hard time staying focused and present with them because they don't make sense and it's easier to hold to something that makes sense. That's the mind playing its game on you. Rise above the mind. Allow yourself to continue the journey back to the seat of the soul by holding your attention upon these names. Now, these names aren't the true name of God. It would be wonderful if it was that simple and yet it is truly more simple than holding your attention upon those names. The true name of God is the Audible Lifestream. It is that river of loving that I've talked about over and over and over. The Audible life stream has two components, light and sound. And it is for us to wake up to the light, to see the light, and to hear the sound. And the way we do that is by entering that river of loving. And the way we enter into the river of loving is by becoming loving. And the way we become loving is holding our attention on loving. And how do you do that? You sit there in your meditation with your eyes closed, holding your attention at that seat of the soul, the spiritual eye, chanting the name of God over and over and over, and in your own self, as you're chanting those names, you know that you are saying to God, Lord, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And over and over as you do that, that frequency of loving begins to build up inside of you. That's the power of the name. The power of the name, loving, builds up inside of you. And as that focus of loving becomes more intense, when the power of the name increases and builds and is ever focused on the seat of the soul, the consciousness of soul draws back into itself to the seat of the soul. And you wake up divine. But in that awakening, (coughs) you first see the light. You first begin to see that inner divine light. There's two components of the audible live stream, light and sound. You see the light, you hear the sound. Well, Jim, that's nice. I really like hearing this, but I don't see any light. I don't hear any sound. That's okay. Let that be okay. The moment you put a judgment on, I don't hear any sound. I don't see any light. You created separation. You separated yourself from your own divine flow. That divine flow of loving. Let it be okay whatever takes place inside. If nothing takes place, let it be okay. And in that, just hold your attention upon the name of God. You may have created so much between you and the Lord it is going to take time for you to dissolve those things to open a pathway between you and the Lord that loving light that loving sound is ever present with us all the time all the day and as we chant the name of the Lord That loving goes before us like a laser beam. And the more we chant the name, (coughs) excuse me, and the more we build that power of loving up inside of us, our light begins to increase. Even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, even if we don't hear it, and it begins to go before us like a laser beam burning its way through all those things that are between us and the Lord. And our soul knows its own divinity, and it knows its own source. So it knows where to focus. And if you give it opportunity, it will focus upon the Lord. It will focus upon home. And in that focus, that loving light goes before you and bores its way through all that lies between you and the Lord, and all you have to do is follow that light. Follow that light, and that's the beginning of the journey. Now, it may not be a light that you see, it may be a warmth that you feel, or a movement of loving, an action of some kind that you feel going before you. move with that, live with that, love with that, and allow the Spirit in you to do what it knows to do best. And in that way, you will begin to see and to hear. For some, they see it while they're still sitting in the body. They hear it while they're still here in the body. For others, it's not until they rise above the mind, above the unconscious, and into the soul itself that they begin to see and to hear. So it is a game of being patient and realizing that you aren't going to necessarily wake up because you sat down and did a meditation today for the very first time. It may take a period of time. For many initiates, to wake up into a greater fullness of soul. It means years of time, of meditating every day, and walking that path further and further into the river of love (coughs) and back into the seat of the soul. It takes time. I wish I could say it takes days, it takes weeks, it takes months. It takes what it takes. It depends upon your loving of the Lord and how you hold your attention and intention upon that as to how you do wake up and when you wake up to the knowing of your own divinity. So be patient. There have been Those that I've heard, not just on this path, but other paths of sound and light, that get discouraged because they're not having the results that they thought they were going to have. That they aren't having these great experiences, that they haven't seen the face of God yet. Well, I've been meditating for six months. I've done it every day. Why am I not seeing God yet? Well, maybe there's still other gods between you and the Lord, that you're focusing on, that you're seeing, but you don't realize that you've made them God first in your life. And those are the gods that you have to take care of to just move beyond. To love them, to honor them, forgive them, release them, whatever it takes. Or just bore a hole of loving through them and go on. So, in all that sharing, I just ask now, I'm going to open it up for some questions and answers because, in this, I'm hoping that it might bring up for you your own questions about meditation, about this inner journey, and it might bring something forward that you might want to share about your own journey that might assist all of us in coming into a greater understanding of this pathway. So, Lois is going to be our microphone runner. I was curious. It's on. We can hear you. You can hear me? Even if you can't hear yourself, we can hear you. Is this
1: a new mic? (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of neat. Anyway, Um, the restlessness that I experience in my work in society with children and with families and with schools. Is this a reflection of this need to return to to where we came from? I mean, is this like a speeding up of a need to go back home?
0: It can be that, but it also can be that the soul is wanting to create and be creative at this level and it just doesn't have the understanding about how to create, how to manifest itself, how to fulfill itself. So it could be the inner longing to go home to God, or it could be the soul wanting to complete whatever it needs to complete down here so that it can begin the inner journey. Because for us to really begin that inner journey, we have to complete certain things that the soul carries with it to manifest, to complete to fulfill. And once that's done, the soul then is drawn inward and upward and, and begins that inner journey rather than the outer. So it can be one and or the other.
1: Interesting.
2: used to say my name. I'm Doug. Uh, you were in your When you were speaking earlier, one of the things you said was uh, something about love, about learning what love is or knowing what love is, something like that. I don't remember exactly how you said it. But one of the things that, that is really becoming apparent to me over the years is my perception of what is love and how that's changing and how that's no longer this, this gooey soap operatic uh, attitude of oh, well, yeah, you, know, it's, it's, you know, that's that's falling to the wayside, and, and what's replacing that? Uh, in my experience, is the happiness and the joy, and then along with that, uh, there's a uh, one way I can describe it to get the emotion is a satisfaction. Uh, that may be a, a new neutra- uh, you may call it a neutrality, uh, uh, but there there's a an acceptance. And it's kind of like everything's okay right here, right now. You know, I'm satisfied with myself. I'm satisfied with everything that's around me, or that's how I describe it. And uh, but just how it's moving more into that. uh, And I and of course I get lost outside of that, and and uh, you know grateful when I come back into it. Uh, But I just want to share that that was important to me.
0: That's nicely expressed. you know, I call it the romantic love. You know, this creation expresses this whole uh, aspect of love and what love is and how it's supposed to look and how we're supposed to get it and manifest it and continue it. And to me, it's all about the, the romance of this creation. The And, and it, it is a sappy kind of love. It, it's a very sticky kind of love, very needy kind of love. And it's really an expression, it's a poor reflection in this creation of what real love is, the loving of the Lord and the the aspect of of loving that moves through the soul continually.
2: It's a lacking love instead of an accepting and receiving love.
0: Exactly. And and you never get fulfilled in the love of this creation. It's never fulfilling. You've got to have more. And you're ever chasing after, well, maybe it's over here. Well, maybe it's in this person. Maybe it's next. Maybe it's... And and you just never are fulfilled. It's kind of like sex, you know. Well, so now no, I don't get I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: We could go too far on this, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has its limits, you know. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so thank you. That was that's nice. Thank you.
1: Well, seeing how its um, it was me in the beginning of, not a, no one else would know this, but I had brought up to Jim that um, the names didn't make sense to me. And what's ironic is during the meditation tonight, um, I did find that it helped me keep the focus better. And it helped very much to hear um, that it doesn't matter that they don't make sense. What matters is the frequency of the names. And what I did experience in my meditation tonight also was a shifting. I found, and the only way I can describe it is that there was almost, it felt like a physical shifting of just kind of going like that, kind of just a little higher, you know, into a place where almost separated from the body but not quite <laughs> if that makes any sense at all so thank you you know for that explanation and for the encouragement you know to stick with it and to not you know get frustrated with it or you know and and you know patience is a virtue a virtue rather
0: thank that's you. right <laughs> yeah
3: you know, I, I like you, you talking about the shifting because when I started this path, Back in 1989, I started it looking for the psychic phenomenon, out-of-body experiences, and I got that. That was my intention, my focus, and I got it, and I do to this day. But it's, it's neat even this talk tonight, because we even had a talk around all this this morning, and one thing I've been aware of more in my own meditation is I've been aware of, as of more recently, my only agenda has been just simply being in the loving. That's it. No trying to get out of body. No trying to seek psychic phenomena. No trying to seek an answer for something in the world. But just literally sharing and being in that flow of loving with God. And I have just been amazed how much easier my meditations have gotten. How I used to always have this edge all these years. there's some edge I've been aware of inside of me. And just a few months ago, this edge is just really there. I'm going, you know what? I'm tired of this. And I started to address it said I'm no longer going to do this and I just let the loving in and it dissolved and ever since then it's just been my agenda to just be in the loving and it's just amazing how much easier the meditation has gotten because all my agenda and intention is assist loving and then in that how things now just happen all on their own I don't try to look for anything I don't try to make anything happen other than just being that loving by holding that focus and then all the things that are meant to take place really will take place, whether it's out of body, in body, whether you see this or hear that, or if it's just blank. I just look always for the loving, because whenever the main way in this meditation that I experience that, I will usually see a purple light, and I will feel literally like a peace just wash over me, and also movement of loving with that peace. And I know that's what that is, like Doug was saying, Here's other ways to see it, like satisfaction. There's different ways to experience it. But in my meditation, I have, now after all the years, what I have discovered is always the same for me. And so I always look for that. And as long as I'm in that, then I just try to hold my focus so that I keep experiencing the movement of that loving. And that's all I do, is hold my focus and allow that loving to move. And if it stops moving, then I once again begin to hold the focus and enchanting. And if I just can't seem to do it, I'll look to say, and I'll look to my own awareness and say, okay, what's present? And then if I find myself fantasizing or daydreaming off on something, I'll go, oh, okay. Or if there's something going on in my physical life that maybe is disturbing or distracting, I'll find that if that's going on inside of me, that may be the thing distracting me from that. So what I'll do is just bring that into that river of loving. Say, okay, God, I just open up and I allow your loving now to enter into this thing that is separating me or distracting me from this flow of loving. And all of a sudden it's that simple. It's just amazing that as I just open to the loving now to flow through this aspect, as Jim was saying earlier, different parts of ourselves that we may judge as bad or that causes separation through our judgment. It's those types of things I'm talking about as I become aware of them. I just open that river of loving to now also enter into this. Rather than judging it, I'm now opening to let the loving now into those areas where it may have caused separation through my judgments. And I literally just wash away. I mean, literally in seconds. And it's just an amazing process when you really hold that focus of loving. And over time, or maybe right away, you'll begin to really know inside of yourself how you experience that flow of loving. That's why I share the way I do by mostly the purple light. And then I'm more of a feeler, so I have the experience of feeling this movement through me. And then in that, that movement of loving is what I'll find that will sometimes create different experiences of a shifting of the consciousness. And in that shift is where quite often something within us is released that has held us to a lower focus. And in that shift, it's like in that movement of loving that was released and in that now, we're now shifting to a higher perspective. And so you can have that literally as a physical sensation. Or if you have an out-of-body experience, it'll happen in a whole different way, a lot more direct as far as how you experience it. And so all those, it's just simply being in that river of loving and allowing the loving to move us to create the shifts in whatever way it wants to. <coughs> and that's, how, that's the simplicity of this. That's all we have to do is just hold that one pointed focus, and that's it. It's almost too simple. That's the funny thing in all this.
2: I have really a two-part question. The first is um, offhand meditation in terms of the starry night and seeing the light and moving into that light. Is that the light of my own soul or is that the light of spirit?
0: It's really one and the same. It's the light of the spirit and it is the light of your own soul. It's all coming into oneness. When we move into the starry sky, we're moving towards the greater light within the sky. And that greater light is an aspect of God that is calling us home through that level of creation to take us through that level of creation on up into the realm above. So it's, we're, we're moving into the, the soul of our own being that is God at the soul level of that realm And so we're witnessing our own divine light at the soul level of that realm. And we're going into it to merge back into our own soul light at that level. And then we go on to the next realm. We see the next starry sky. We see the next light of our own soul in the soul level of that realm. And we move towards that. So you are seeing your own divinity, your own light. But that is God's light
2: second part of this is um, very often, I mean, that can happen, let's say, in half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. It's a wonderful experience. And then I'm sort of let down. And then I'm thinking, it's those damn two and a half hours. (laughs) And it just seems so senseless to sit there, chatting the names, which have no meaning at that point, because I've already had this wonderful experience. And then I feel it's all about time. and It's not about God anymore. And I
0: don't know what to do with that. One, I would say, be patient and see if you can move through whatever that restlessness, that thought uh, is, and see if you can move back through that in the loving once again to move into the next level of whatever is in the meditation for you. That's something that has become a barrier for you. Sure has. And so it's blocking you from going into what's next, going into the greater divine Loving and being more in the river of love. So allow yourself to sit through that, to be with that. Let it be okay that you have the disturbance, that you have these thoughts, that something seems to be in the way. And bring your attention back to the names. Bring your intention back to loving God. And see if you can't move through that. It's a matter of uh, realizing that certain things will try to block you. And and the mind will go, okay, well, you had your experience, that was an hour, that's good, so let's get up now. And that's fine. But God asks us to tithe 10% of the day for a reason. And that is because God knows that there's many levels to our consciousness that we must move through. And it takes time to move through those, to wake up, to let go of all those things that stand in the way. And so in two and a half hours, we're going to move through many levels. and and begin to break free of a lot of the things that have held us in bondage here or that we've placed between us and God. We're going to rise above those and begin to really experience the divine in a greater way. You've begun that movement. You've begun to wake up. You've begun to experience that there's more beyond. So move through whatever that belief system is, that barrier, and do it through loving, and and it'll happen. And and it just, just takes patience.
3: One of, one of the things, like I was just saying earlier, when I have those things come up that may be disturbing and distracting, is just let the, find a way to let the loving in. Say, "Okay, God, I'm upset about this. I don't like this thing around two and a half hours," and I open to let your loving into all that. It really can be that simple. You may have to do it over and over, and it may take some time, or it may just wash away really quick. And you know, as one of the things I shared with Jim this morning after my meditation is the simplicity of all that. But all the work that I did to get to this point of simplicity (laughs) is just amazing how much I have done over the years to get to that place. But that's why we try to share now the simplicity of what we've done so that hopefully maybe you can get there quicker, so to speak. But again, we'll still do what we're going to do, because that's all part of the learning. We've got to, in a way, find within ourselves how to love all things. And when we can love all things within ourselves, this where we'll have our liberation. So no matter what it is, whether it's two and a half hours or whatever it is, um, it's just finding a way to love that. And just love the upset. So okay, I'm upset it's two and a half hours, so love the two and a half hours. And I go, well, I'm upset that I'm upset about it's two and a half hours. I That's usually my case. I'm usually not upset too much about the agenda. I'm upset that I'm upset about it. <laughs> That's usually, I'm usually reaction to something else rather than whatever. So, but I've learned just to find a, a way, well, I just, not just learn to find, but just allow the loving to come into whatever that is inside of me in any moment and let it wash away, and that's my way of just coming into acceptance and the flow of loving again, and then it brings me right back into that and just staying in there longer. You know, again, remember, none of this is have to. When we say two and a half, we're just encouraging people to go for it. Because in that encouragement, you give yourself the opportunity through sitting longer to have these greater experiences that you're looking for, you know, in meditation. And we know you can have them. And it's just that process. One thing that
0: I found is that God is in all things. And God is in the midst of that disturbance. God is the disturbance as well as the peace. So love God... (coughs) That is in all things. Love God in the disturbance. Say, Lord, I love you. I love you in this disturbance right now. I love you in this judgment. I love you in me wanting to get up right now and not sit here and do meditation anymore. I love you. And if you just love the God in all things, have no other God before me, you'll find that all that is between you and the Lord will dissolve because God wants oneness, God wants union, God wants awakening. And so love God in all of it. Thanks. I learned that when I was uh, a kid, and I would, I'd want to go play baseball. All my friends after school, they went off and played baseball, or they were playing football, you know, and they'd go, Jim, come on, we need somebody else, you know. And, and I'd, I'd, But there would be a part of me inside that would go, no, I've got to go, and I, I need to pray. I want to pray. But there was a part of me when I'd sit down between the houses usually uh, is where I would go, during the, the afternoon and I'd start to pray but there'd be this this upsetness because I really wanted to go play baseball and yet there was something else inside of me that said no we want to pray we gotta pray we're gonna pray and so I would sit there and I would be praying and at the same time there'd be this running upset feeling disturbance judgment with God with this part of me that had to pray going, but I want to play baseball, Lord. Why do you make me do this? Why am I having to do this? And I found that that got in the way. And so finally I asked God to enter into that disturbance and to help me understand why I couldn't go play baseball and why I had to pray. And the more I began to ask God to come into that action to help me understand, the more it just lifted. It just dissolved. And all of a sudden, I didn't have the upsetness, and I didn't have the desire to go play baseball. I just wanted to be with God. And that began to clear that pathway for me. And then I realized very early on, it's just about loving God. And it's bringing the loving of God into all of it, every part of it. Love the disturbance, love the judgments, love your dark side, love your light side, love your fear, love your hatred, love it all. And love the God in it all. Because it's all God. And the more you love God in it all, whatever stands between you and your meditation, that's how you're going to find the meditation to come alive and for you to wake up and know the divine. And it's fun to to wake up and know the divine in hatred, to know the divine in loving, to know the divine in not playing baseball, in knowing the divine in all of God's creation. It truly is. Does that assist Tucker? Very much Okay. Who's next? Anyone? It's so funny now because I'm aware of how this is gonna be up on the web and people are gonna be listening, and also there's this silence. <laughs> it's like they're going, Is something wrong with my computer? <laughs> Why is nobody talking? I think I've lost the signal. <laughs> but I guess they'll figure that out in time if they just keep on listening <laughs> long enough. Well, if not. We'll go ahead and bring it to a close for the evening then. So I thank you all for coming, and uh, we'll see you all next Tuesday.